Wanna know what I got on the wrist cost me Plying to get it off me This ain't water, this shit coffee Brownstones, bitch, this the Cosby's A nigga still sliding with sticks like shit cross me I used to flip doggy Got on my hip, I lift off me If niggas get froggy Told the record label you got 48 hours Like Nick Naughty to restructure the deal Them numbers only insult me They sent satellites to space And a trace of intelligent life And they came across me Niggas gonna be pouring out through say If niggas double cross me The wrist frosty, the gift godly Y'all crisscrossed to me That little niggas got it backwards Bro, do the stepping and he not a capper Push the black and yellow Maybach Niggas thinking I was capper It's not a rapper that I fear You niggas not a factor yeah. I cross my T's, dot in my eyes Rap niggas still struggle to eat I'm not surprised Look, I got it out of the streets And I survived third degree That's from all of the heat that I provide Look, I make those salty motherfuckers uncomfortable Cause when they see that dog in your heart They wanna muzzle you And we used to tell me them niggas is drinking honey proof Thinking that they can fuck with you So give them more lines and see sucker suit Machine indestructible The same brownstones got my piss Looking like a young player Huxable They say machine it ain't fair if Niggas did fuck with you It's clear cut that you the king nigga yeah. Machine lead the team I'm running up the scene nigga It's like Michael Thomas and Breeze nigga I took this dope shit Move blocks I had to sell it like a screen nigga Opened up the lead But we still running these fleets Yeah I'm back I'm back niggas Yo, it's New Music Fridays. Well, it's only one release today, but fuck it. I guess we just gonna call it that, then. This is New Music Fridays for Friday, May 5th. Oh, boy. Man. So, allegedly, I'm only going to say allegedly because I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm just not sure about this. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? I'm just not 100% sure. So allegedly, Jamie Foxx came out and made a statement two days ago, like literally right after I posted my show. This nigga, I guess he made a statement saying, appreciate all the love, feeling blessed. He's got a prayer emoji, a heart emoji, and a fox emoji. My thoughts on this is, are you sure that he did this? Because, you know, I like video. I like pictures. You know what I'm saying? Was this somebody in his family? So, I don't know, man. I hope it was him. I hope Jamie is 100%. Well, well I don't, Jamie's not 100%. Well, I hope he's okay and he's going to survive what he's going through because his family has kept this condition hidden. Enough respect due for that, but I don't know, man. I'm not, I don't, I can't take this. I can't believe it a hundred percent. We got to see the face. Because he's been in the hospital almost a month, you know. So I'm just going to take, play it by ear and just say that he made the post. Because obviously Jamie Foxx knows how to use social media. That's obvious. Prayers go up to Jamie, though. But I question whether he was the one that made that statement, though. 
just got to keep a cautionary eye, a caution eye on the whole situation. Jordan Poole came out recently, and I don't know, folks. It sounded like he was taking shots at Steve Kerr. In a nutshell, Poole basically said that, you know, him getting more minutes in game one got him to get back into his rhythm because Jordan Poole's minutes have taken a dip and Poole in the Kings series did not play well. He didn't shoot it well from the field. He wasn't scoring. He wasn't as confident. And I just felt like them young niggas went live on him. That's all I felt like. I just think that Poole, they they knew how to stop Poole. Sacramento knew how to stop Jordan Poole. Meanwhile, the Los Angeles Lakers, went, Poole just basically said that, you know, if you give me more minutes, I can catch my rhythm. I can score more. More, more minutes, more production. That's what Poole is saying. But many believe that he's taking shots at Steve Kerr for cutting his minutes during the playoffs. And a lot of and it wasn't just him. Moses Moody's minutes got cut even more than what they already were. Jonathan Kaminga has not played, did not play much in the King series. So yeah. I don't know if he was taking shots. I think he was just being obvious. It's like with anything. You give a motherfucker more experience on the floor, the better that they end up as a basketball player. The customer requested what you leave I'm the order about. at their door. But let's move on to oh man. Coach Mike Bootenhoser got the axe. Now if this was 2020, I would have been happy that a motherfucker. But he made up for it by winning the title in 2021. We're going to have a long talk about this one, yo. Because I felt like this was wrongfully done. Did Coach Bud, is Coach Bud a good coach, Budenhoser? Not really. But the main reason why he has a job is because he's a Popovich boy. That's Popovich man's. He coached under Pop and Pop put him on. He's a Popovich boy, just like Mike Brown was, just like, uh, it's another cat. I forget his name though. God damn it. He's currently coaching now too. But y'all get the gist. He a Popovich boy. So, Bootenhoser gonna get a job. That ain't gonna be hard for him. Mike Bootenhoser been a one seed a lot in his time. I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. He's okay. He's just okay. He's good enough. He's not a legendary coach, but if you look at his all-time head coaching record... It's crazy. It's crazy fire. Like, this dude has led a lot of number one seeds. He's been upset a lot, too. You know, he was on the Hawks. Got them a number one seed one year in a week east. 
The Bucks have been the number one seed multiple times. But this year, you know, they got eliminated. You know, some felt like, but refusing to double-team Jimmy Butler was, a, was the reason. And the fact that they got eliminated by an eight seed. But if you look at the history, the history shows that Miami Heat has always had the Bucks number from back in the day. But I'm not surprised that Bud got fired only because this is a classic move of the GM trying to save his own job by throwing Bud under the bus. I felt like it, I've said on previous shows that I think they should have gave uh, Coach Budenhoser another year and fired the GM because the GM thought it was a bright idea to trade five second round picks for washed up Jay Crowder, even though I feel like Crowder was underutilized as a member of the Bucks. Jay Crowder didn't know what his role was because Mike Budenholzer's not creative. But I think that roster issues caused the Bucks to fail. And then, of course, them meeting their match. And I don't think Budenholzer expected Drew Holiday to get cooked like that. I don't think he expected Crowder to get his ass murked like that by Butler. He trusted his best defender to defend the other team's best player. That's normal shit. But if you look down the line here, How their roster was constructed. This team was built for the regular season, but not necessarily a deep playoff run. I think that was the difference. A lot of people was like, oh, they was number one. They was number one. They had the best record. I didn't see a lot of teams with the best record get their ass whooped in the first round. I didn't seen it my whole life. We didn't see San Antonio as great as they are. They got upset in the first round multiple times. Yes, it's no excuses for how bad Milwaukee played. I get that. But the the Milwaukee role players just were not it. I mean, Chris Middleton had a couple of good games in that series, but I feel like they can upgrade at second option to me. And I like Drew Holiday. He's a hell of a player on both ends of the court. I like Brooke Lopez. I think they should keep him. He fits their scheme or whatever they're trying to run down there. I like Grayson Allen, dirty ass. I like uh, Bobby Portis. He's a great six man. But everybody else, now come on now. You know Giannis' brother don't, don't, nah, man. Giannis' brother don't deserve to be on no goddamn roster, even though he didn't play. But roster spots could be used for better players. Javon Carter was undersized. 
Pat Connington, they should have been got rid of that guy a, a couple of years ago. Jay Crowder wasn't used. Um, Marjan Bochamp, young, was a rookie this year. And that nigga did not come out his uniform, B. Joe Ingles was solid for them. I'll give you that. But I think they could have done better than signing Joe Ingles. That's just me. I just feel like the Bucks have to get younger and more athletic if they're going to go on a deep playoff run. But Damian Lillard made an interesting statement. He said that... Um, they're just firing coaches right after they win the champion if they don't win the championship the next year. And I happen to agree with that because if you look at the last few coaches that have won the championship, most of them are gone. You look at this year, Bud. I mean, well, not not this year, but um, you look at last, uh, 2022. I mean, Steve Kerr's still left. 2021 was Mike Budenholzer, fire. 2020, Frank Vogel, fire. 2019, Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, fire. And then you got, of course, Steve Kerr in 2017, 2018. 2016, Tyron Lue, fire. So you got to look at the history of things. It's like, damn. Like, they fired Mike Bullenholzer way too early in my book. I feel like you should have given the Bucks. The Bucks should have improved their roster and then fired them if they underachieved and didn't win the championship. Because I do understand that it's all about the ring. It don't mean a thing without the ring. I get it. And upsets can happen. And, some t and I feel like Milwaukee just simply met their match. Now, Clutch Points posted an interesting story about Budenholzer, an interesting thread about Budenholzer on their Facebook page. And I'm just going to read it to you. A two-time coach of the year lost his job just 10 days after losing his brother in a car accident. Oh my God! Mental health, y'all. Mental health. This man lost his brother and coached. That's tough. These coaches ain't no hoes. Buddha Hoser ain't no hoe. But the team who fired him didn't have a choice. Word? They had a choice. They could have showed some sympathy and kept that man another year I wouldn't have fired him the mill and I'm gonna read the rest of the post the million the Milwaukee Bucks have billion dollar questions to answer this summer and Mike Budenholzer's job has never been safe even after bringing the, the franchise's first championship in 50 years I feel like out of that respect he should have got another chance and I think that he's gonna get another chance to coach a team You could argue if KD's shoe was one size smaller. I don't want to hear that KD shoe shit. 
ever again. The nigga shot a two-pointer. It's over. Let it go. Or if Giannis doesn't miraculously recover from an hyperextended knee and drop 50, the Bucks fire Bud in 2021. But in 2023, Budenholzer did not get any bailouts. Jay Crowder didn't understand his purpose on the team in the front office couldn't understand why they traded five second round picks for a player without a purpose. Giannis was vocally frustrated about not guarding Jimmy Butler himself and literally said he had to let the coach make the adjustment. What? That doesn't make any sense. So you, so Giannis is blaming Mike Budenholzer for not checking Jimmy Butler when you could have been the assertive alpha dog the motherfucking man and what many call the so-called best player in the world and just said, fuck that. I'm checking this nigga. This nigga is mine. Pause. I want to check Jimmy Butler. Fuck that, bud. I want Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? You could have manned up and just did it anyway. What the fuck was Bulldogs going to do? Pull you? What was he going to do? Take you out the game? Hmm. But instead of making adjustments, Coach Bud made unforgivable mistakes. This is clutch points, not my statement. The Bucks had not one but two opportunities to call for a final shot at the end of game five. One was at the end of regulation after Butler's impossible shot with a half second left. The other was at the end of overtime when Grayson Allen dribbled out the final seconds of their season. Mm. The best team in the regular season fell in shambles and their situation was about to get worse. This roster is getting older and will require a massive luxury tax to keep it together. A situation like this means championship or bust and the organization has lost faith that they can get it done with Bud. Well, contrary to what you believe, Chris Middleton has the opportunity to uh, opt out of his contract, but I highly doubt it because he's clearly not worth the 35 million or or whatever 30 million plus he's getting paid next year. So you know he's gonna opt in if he's a very smart man, which I do believe he is. He is definitely going to opt in, yo. Give Coach Bud his flowers. He's a strong floor raiser who helped Giannis become Giannis. Cap. <laughs> Cap, hold on. I call Cap on that because it was Jason Kidd who helped Giannis become Giannis and made him the hardworking man that he was. Coach Bud just reaped the benefits of it, just like Steve Kerr reaped the benefits of Steph Curry and Mark Jackson. It's a tough job, and winning only makes it tougher. Four out of the last teams who have fired four of the last five teams who won championships eventually fired their coach. Maybe Damian Lillard is right. Maybe ring culture is really toxic. And maybe being an NBA coach is the most stressful job in sports. I agree with the NBA coach being the most toxic job in sports. I do agree with that. The players hold the power now. Thanks, LeBron. <laughs> because you can do something a player likes. A player could go up to the front office and be like, I don't like what he... I don't like what he just did. Fire him. Fire him, bitch. <laughs> These players are a bunch of fucking faggots. I'm sorry. I hate to, I hate to use that, that slur, 
But it is what it is. I don't give a fuck. They're a bunch of fucking bitches. They're a bunch of fucking divas wearing dresses and wearing cute-ass clothes that bitches walk down the runway to. It's just a fact. It's a bunch of divas. And I feel bad for a lot of these coaches. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm promoting something. Top 30 coaches is also coming tonight. Pause. Top 30 coaches is on the way in the league. We're going to rank coaches. And, yes, the fired coaches will have to make the list because there are multiple teams that are without a head coach right now. So I will have to use those guys that have been fired in the list. But I feel like this. Coach Bud was done foul. They could have gave the nigga another year based on the fact that this man delivered a championship. The first championship since 1971, my boy. Bottom line. And I can't stand these players, man. I really can't. You got to let the coaches coach. All of the coachable players won multiple championships because they were coachable. They believed in what the coach had to say and they believed that that coach could get them to the promised land. Let's move on to these games. I know y'all waiting. I know y'all waiting to hear my opinion on game two, right? With the Lakers and such. But first off, the MVP returned. Joel Embiid returned in game two as the Boston Celtics put a goddamn gang-raping beatdown on the Philadelphia 76ers and the MVP Joel Embiid's return as the Sixers and the the Celtics defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 121-87. to This There's nothing much to talk about here. What is there to talk about? I mean, James Harden was a far cry from uh, game one. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to play two straight games because I know James Harden's pedigree is to do enough just to get by, just to get by, just to get by, as he only notched 12 points. Now, if you're a betting man like me, you're pissed. I'm like, bitch, you can't get 20? You can't get 20? No one asking you to put up 36, 40 points again. No one's asking you to do that. But my nigga. But a my nigga. Like, you can't put up fucking 20? 12 points and, and 10 rebounds. Okay. Joel Embiid had 15 points and three rebounds, but he had five blocks, though. It showed that Embiid was on the road to being close to being healthy. But this was a brutal blowout, man. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon was the story here. 23 points, 6 of 10 from three. Damn. Like, all I saw was Malcolm Brogdon doing his best impression of Tommy Shepard. 
Like this nigga was legit Tommy Shepherding. Like that man was cooking with extra grease. Like that guy was balling out of control. Jalen Brown had 25 points. Jason Tatum. If you would have told me Jason Tatum had seven points and the Celtics won by 34 points, I would tell you use a motherfucking lie. But God damn. They beat they ass. This was domestic violence right here. That shit ain't right. That's all I'm really going to say here because it's not much to say in a blowout victory here. Now, let's move on to what we really want to talk about. Let's talk Fakers fans. Fakers fans, what's good? In my Nicki Minaj voice, Fakers fans, what's good? <laughs> With that gully, heavy New York accent and shit, yo. What's good, B? <laughs> As the Golden State Warriors defeated the Los Angeles Lakers 127 to 100. God damn. I didn't realize they got their ass whooped that bad, but it was bad. And I knew that the Warriors were going to win that game, but I didn't think that they was going to win like that. I thought Adam Silver was going to keep these guys in the game. I'm not going to lie. But Adam uh, but but the, but I'm glad the NBA didn't show their hand and actually called a fair game here. You see what happens when it's fair? You see what happens when the Lakers don't get 29 free throws and the Warriors only get six? Look at the free throw attempts, y'all. Let's look at them tonight. Let's look at this shit tonight, nigga. All right. So the Warriors had 16 free throw attempts. And the Lakers had um, 17 free throw attempts. See? See what I mean? Fairness. 17 to 16. Call fair. Everything is fair when you're living in the city, motherfucker. You see, when when motherfuckers play fair, the Lakers look weak. When the Lakers are getting all the calls, they look unstoppable. Let's, let's get into the journey here. I mean, everybody's blaming Anthony Davis, and I don't like that. They want to give LeBron a pass because he had a great first quarter. But LeBron only had two points the second half, though. If you're going to call it, if you're going to blame somebody, blame everybody. But the real facts are the Warriors just whooped that ass in a fairly called game. That's all that it was. The Warriors kicked your ass. I mean, I liked how LeBron played in the first half. He was he had 21 points in the first half. I loved how he played. I loved how aggressive he was. I wish he played like that every night. He'd be one of the top five players in basketball if he played like this every night. But LeBron always usually, not, not, not last night, but usually gives you 3.5 great quarters. I give LeBron that. But they they Bron, them Bron sexuals. Them the niggas that get on my nerves. I respect Braun. But it's his fanboys. The GOAT James Swallowers. That get on my goddamn nerves. 
and those fake Lakers fans that are not real Lakers fans. Them the niggas that get on my nerves. Anthony Davis had 11 points and 7 rebounds. Was it a bad performance? Yes. I'll give you that. AD was not aggressive. Now, was he live load managing? That's a bigger question I want to answer. Was AD live load managing? Because I know AD always getting hurt. But Anthony Davis never plays good back-to-back games in the playoffs. We all know that. But the Warriors did a good job yesterday in neutralizing the role players. D'Angelo Russell only had 10 points. Rui Hashimura had 21 points off the bench, though. That's what I mean. I think that kid deserves more minutes. And Steph Curry was point in last night. We ain't even talked about the Warriors yet. Because we on, I'm talking my shit. I was humbled last game with the Lakers. I gave them their props. Now, it's time to give Golden State theirs. Steph Curry, Chef Curry, 20 points, 12 assists, nigga. He's not a point guard. He don't even pass the ball. <laughs> that got debunked quickly. Clay Thompson, game six, Clay, 30 points, y'all. God damn. Motor motive, 10 points. Jordan Poole only has six points. Draymond, 11. This is the Draymond I want to see. I love this Draymond. This Draymond is Hall of Fame game. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. 11 points. 11 rebounds, 9 assists. This is what I want every night. Draymond Rodman, motherfuckers. If I'm giving Draymond props, it's from the heart. It's from the heart, Hammy. That's what I'm talking about, nigga. That's what I'm talking about. God damn it. These niggas smoked your goddamn cousin in front of you, nigga. And you ain't gonna do shit. You acting like a little bitch right now, Nick. <laughs> Draymond Green, goddammit. That's what I'm talking about. Enough respect, dude. Jermichael Green was the story here. But then again, niggas, I bet you any kind of money that the Warriors game plan for this, for Jermichael Green, because Kevon Looney did not start. He was suffering from some sort of an illness still played and still was productive and I love Loon you want to know why I like Looney because he plays his role and shuts his damn mouth he plays his role and he does his thug fizzle I'm trying to tell y'all but Jermichael Green had 15 points he hit a lot of big shots for the Warriors I mean they left his ass wide open pause I know Jermichael Green practiced that shot, all those shots he hit, from the corner to the top of the key to the left corner. Like this motherfucker was balling, nigga. 
And all he had to do was hit open shots. That's his job right there. They double in step. They double in pool. They double in clay. He's wide open. Much respect due to to the OG because I like I like Jermichael Green. It's another guy that makes every rotation. He's a rotational, useful basketball player. And I like dudes like that. You you give them niggas that paper. But all in all, this was just simply an ass whooping. And the Lakers gambled on leaving Green open and paid for it every time. And then they left Draymond Green open. And, and Draymond was being offensively aggressive. This is what the fuck I want to see. God damn it. The rest of the series. Do not fucking bow to your porcelain god LeBron James. You go at this nigga. You own the Golden State Warriors, not the Los Angeles Fakers. Win another championship with the Warriors, then join your boo. Yo, boo! Now last, but totally not least. The machine. Conway. The goddamn machine dropped his new album. Won't he do it? And <laughs> won't he? Yeah, man. Y'all motherfuckers gonna be like, oh, he dick riding. Oh, he's a Griselda fanboy. Ah, uh, did y'all listen to the album before you judged? If you didn't listen to the album, shut the fuck up and listen to it before you judge me. Y'all know I'm a Griselda fan. You know I respect them. If you are so bad at my, um, me loving Griselda, how about this? Tell them to stop making good music. And tell your favorite rapper to make some good music then. Your favorite rapper can learn a thing or two from this motherfucking uh, crew and shit. You dig? But... Yes, man. Won't he fucking do it? Yeah. This is considered his third studio album. His third album. So, we're going to get into it. Quarters. Man, listen, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> this is why Conway the Machine is one of the premier lyricists out there that's in this game. I mean, the wordplay is ridiculous. The flow is ridiculous. And this is just the right amount of time. You know, I know a lot of people going to be like, oh, man, but when it was Jack Harlow, uh, it was too short. It was too short. This is a full song right here. Bruce Fix featuring West Side Gun. Man, <laughs> nothing like that Hall and Nash tandem. If y'all unfamiliar, y'all need to get familiar. Like, they got old mixtapes when it was two of them on it. They went by Hall and Nash. 
I gotta get all this shit. I only got like two or three of them, but Brucifix, Fire, Derringer, let's go. Monogram, this man, I ain't gonna lie. This is fire as fuck. This this just got that vibe to it, that hip hop vibe. You know, he talks about meeting Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? And his interactions with him and stuff like that. Paying his respects, but it's not it's not just the concept that makes it a great record, it's just the music, man. The music is beautiful, man. And Derringer did his damn thing on this track. One of my favorite beats on here. Stab out featuring Ransom. My God. Ransom just. I don't know, man. Dare I say verse of the year conversation? Dare I say? It might be. That in fucking quarters. But by by Conway, but Ransom on Stab Out went crazy. Conway did good too, but Ransom verse was wild. Flesh of my flesh, yo. I can't believe Derringer Dar- switched his style up a little bit, and I like it. This is that shaft fucking shit, dawg. This is that fucking black superhero music right here. Crazy. Kanye featuring Goose, by the way, and Dre Dinor. Fire. Nigga got a track dedicated to Jay, and then it got a track called Kanye on here. I know what, what Machine's doing. But I like it, though. Man, this gives that early to mid-2000s feel to it, man. With the sample and all that, love it. The Chosen, what I, it was what I played at the beginning of the show. Now, I think you guys probably know I'm not too fond on Conway's artist, Jay Skees, who signed the drum work. But I might, after hearing this song, I may give this nigga another, uh, 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 another chance. Because this track is arguably one of my favorites on this album. Like Conway and Jay Skees going back to back and forth. Man, I don't know why Pain Provided Profit didn't have eight or nine of these on here. They only had like two of these on here. But The Chosen, Justice League, they always do their thing. Back to the Rick Ross days. Water to Wine, I'm going to be honest with you. I think they should have cut off the first minute. That first minute was not necessary. I think they should have made that 20 seconds. I think this song was just too long. And today I think they let the the first hook run too long. I just think that that's what the problem was with this song. I think they let the first hook and the first minute run too long. But after that, the song was great though. It ended great. Water the Wine featuring Goose, by the way, Jazzy and Dave East. Man, Dave East killed this. Dave East had a dope-ass verse on here. It's the girl song, basically. It's technically the girl song on the album, which is why I like this project. We'll get into that after this. Um, Kill Judas is just an uh, interlude with a Derringer beat. Brick Fair, great album filler. Dope album filler. I like the hook on Brick Fair. Um, Brooklyn Chop House, my goodness. This is one of the collabs of the year, hands down. You've got fucking... You've got Conway the Machine 
Fabulous and Benny the Butcher on the same song. This shit is the fuck up out of here. Stop talking to me. Don't speak to me about collabs. Okay? This is a collab for you, man. This is for hip-hop. This song is crazy. Now, was it what I thought it was going to be? No. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a massacre. But don't get it twisted or fucked up. I'll take it. I will take this. I will take Brooklyn Chop House. Tween cross tween. Featuring Goose, by the way. Fuck with it. I guess Goose, by the way, is the hook guy. That's what it's looking like to me. He seems to be Conway's go-to guy as far as hooks are concerned. That's what it's looking like to me. This one was cool as well. Won't he do it featuring 7th? Av the genius. Oh, my God. Shorty. Shorty did good on here. Shorty on the lookout did all right. You know, she's the female rapper signed to Conway. Um, She did all right. I mean, Conway versus Crazy, and I love the beat. I like the first part of the beat, but when the piano dropped out, I wanted her to rap over the original beat, though. But I get it, though. They're trying to put it on for epic proportions. Last but totally not least, the closer... Super Bowl featuring Sauce Walker and Juicy J. This is a single. Definitely a club banger. They don't play Griselda in the club, (laughs) y'all. They don't play Griselda in the club. Man, that boom bap played out New York shit. Fucking hate it. Where the trap beats and the 808s at? Dick sucking niggas. Anyway, all in all, all jokes aside, won't he do it? is a heavy contender for album of the year. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. It's probably the best album I've heard released in 2023. I'm going to just keep it a bean with y'all. This ain't no dick sucking shit. This ain't no faggot shit or nothing. This ain't no homo shit or nothing. This ain't no, uh, you know what I mean? Just, it's a complete album. It's a complete body of work. Just straight up. It's just a complete body of work from top to bottom. And, um, I mean, it's got everything you want in the album. It's got dope beats, great lyricism, good wordplay, the features to match. What more do you want from Conway the Machine? But that's my show. I want to thank y'all for taking your time out to, to fuck with me. This is Keynote Uncensored, New Music Fridays for the week of May the 5th. And I'm gone.